Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hallelujah. God is a good God. What a good God that we can come to the beginning of another beautiful year. Hallelujah. And I'm so honored to be in the presence of God just like every one of you. One more year, God has gifted us that we can make a difference with our lives. Even as those of you that came to the watch night service or those that watched online, uh, you heard the word that, that this year is going to be a year of revival and restoration. In fact, I spoke quite a bit in, this, in the angle of revival on the watch night service. But today I want to build from there and I want to talk about the second part and about the message of God's restoration. Psalm 71 and verse 20 and 21. Psalm 71 verse 20 and 21. The Bible says, Though you have made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth you will again bring me up. Hallelujah. Though you have seen, made me see troubles, many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth, you will again bring me up. Our God is a God of restoration. I want you to know today that our God, He carries a heart of restoration. God loves to restore. God is a God who wants to restore many things into our life. We, even though we think about, you know, revival. That, you know, when we think about the word revival, what comes to our mind is, oh, God's presence coming and miracles and healing and many of those things. But God not only wants to bring revival in our heart or a, a presence of God, a joy of God into our heart. He also is a God who wants to restore. You look at the Bible. All of the Bible is a story of restoration. We look back there in the beginning, Adam and Eve was created by God. And God created them, blessed them. You see, and He said, I want you to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. And He gave them a mandate to name every animal and to go around and till the land or do, you know, or to tend the garden and take care of the things of God in the garden. And then one day, Adam and Eve, they decided they wanted to become like God. They wanted to, they wanted to be lifted up and they wanted to be like God and, 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 and God had to, because of their rebellion, they ate the fruit and they had to leave the garden. And while they're leaving the garden, you see it was man being called to rule and from there to a place of falling from grace, from there to a place of rejecting one another. All through the history in the Bible you see, it became man against man. Even today, 6,000 years later, it's man against man. Man is fighting man. Man is putting man down. What God wants to lift up, man is trying to pull down. Man is trying to, you know, reject one another. A man is trying to say, I am better than you or we are better than, you know, I am smarter than you. I am better than this. And that is the fallen nature of man. Trying to constantly let others know that we are not so bad and I'm better than you. And therefore we rejected one another. But Christ made a way on the cross. Christ made a way of reconciliation. And what was the message? Not the message that I'm better than you. He came with a message, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. That's the message of God's love coming from a place of security. Christ made a way on the cross, reconciled us to God, and restored back to us a glorious kingdom. When we look at this, this great restoration 
always follows a great revival. Whenever God begins to revive the hearts of people, He puts in the heart of man a heart to be restored between people. Restored between God and man. The reason we don't have a heart to restore with others is because we haven't encountered a true revival. Whenever revival comes in, restoration comes in, just like our hearts want to restore with one another, in the same way, whenever God's presence of revival comes in, God wants to bring about a great restoration in our midst. Hallelujah. God wants to bring about restoration. And we see that in Joel, a very famous scripture in Joel, Joel chapter 2 and verse 25 and 26. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25 and 26. It says, I will restore to you the years. Hallelujah. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, the great locust, the cranker worm, the palmer worm, and, and the locust. I will restore to you. God wants to tell us in the beginning of 2022. God wants us to know as a church. God is saying, I want to restore things back into your life. Hallelujah. I will restore to you the years the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, the great army which I send among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. God wants us to walk in a place of satisfaction. God wants us to know what it means to have plenty. The Bible says, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never again be put to shame. Everybody say, God of restoration. See, say it over yourself, my God is a God of restoration. Many of us have suffered loss or lack or problems or challenges in some of the other area of your life. Some of you in your finances, some others in your health, some others in your relationships. Some others, you've, you've gone through brokenness in certain circumstances in your life. But God wants to restore this. So, what really is restoration? When you look at restoration, re restoration literally means to bring back, to return, to recover, to put back in order, in godly order, or to adjust back what is Put asunder. What is fallen away is to adjust it back together, to bring it, bring it back to its original design and order. And it is the devil who is the imitator and a destroyer. He imitates everything God does, and he wants to destroy everything God loves. But God is the creator. And the restorer. Hallelujah. If God creates something, he wants to restore it. When the devil imitates something, he wants to destroy it. He wants to imitate what God is doing. And he wants to destroy what God counts very, very precious. And the Bible, I believe, has given us a key to restoration. It is a beautiful, beautiful verse in the scripture. One of, my, one of the most well-known scriptures in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew's gospel, chapter 6 and verse 33. Matthew's gospel, chapter 6 and verse 33. The Bible says, this is the key to restoration. Hallelujah. The key. How many of you want to know that? Yeah. The Bible says, seek what? First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be 
added unto you. Hallelujah. God has a, God has a heart of restoration. God is constantly looking to restore back what the enemy is stealing. God is constantly looking at restoring back. Yes, of course, the Bible talks about God does send judgment. The wrath of God is there. But you will never understand the heart of God unless you understand that the judgments come because of rebellion. But the moment he sees our heart turn to him, God is saying, can I restore something back into your life? One day when God was Ahab, King Ahab began to turn, you know, in repentance slightly to God. And now God begins to speak to the prophet and say, have you seen, have you seen Ahab? Have you seen him repent? Now Ahab is Jezebel's husband. And as a couple, they have done so much destruction in the land. And the moment such a wicked king would just turn slightly to God, God was looking at the prophets and saying, have you seen King Ahab? That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. Many times we struggle. We don't have that kind of a heart. We want people to come back and and fall at our feet and tell us, you know. But God's heart is, he saw slight turning and God is saying, what what do we do? Can we get back there? Can we do something? Can I build it? Because God's heart is all about being the first one to try to see how we can reconcile. And he did that right from the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, God had to pronounce judgment. He had to pronounce judgment upon the devil. And he had to pronounce judgment upon man. Because judgment is a result of God's love. Because God is love, God has to be right. He has to be just. Justice is a consequence of love. Because God is love, He has to be just. He cannot be impartial. He cannot, you know, be partial towards one. Because love, you know, does not, you know, does not have partiality. Because God is love. Therefore, God also has to be just. And because God is just, a just God has to judge. So many people don't understand. It is the love of God that is the nature of God that makes God have to judge. But because He's also love, God is also merciful. Hallelujah. And it is the mercy of God that wants to restore everything back in our life. Over the last couple of years, many of us have had gone through many difficult circumstances. In the last two years, people have gone through many losses, many pains, many challenges, many you know, persecutions or whatever you have been through. Maybe insults from your family. Maybe the enemy has lied to you. I want you to know God wants to restore back to you. Hallelujah. Say it after me. He's my God of restoration. You see, seek first the kingdom. This is the key. The moment we begin to seek the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, God, like a loving father, is looking, how can I add everything back into their life? How can I restore things back? If an earthly father and mother restore, wants to, desires to restore things into the children's life, how much more does our heavenly father want to restore this? I believe in this season of your life, God wants to restore many things back to you. One of the first things God wants to do, and I want to speak to those people that are going through the circumstance. God wants to restore you back from a life of sin and a life of backsliding. God loves the sinner and God hates the sin. In fact, Jesus did not come for the righteous. Like many of us, we feel very righteous about ourselves. God came looking for the sinner so that he can restore them back into his kingdom. Hallelujah. 
God is constantly looking for the sinner. When we look at John's gospel and chapter 4, we see the story of a Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman was so broken. She was divorced one time, two times. You know, in our midst, oftentimes we've seen if, if somebody's divorced, one people will begin to look at them in a particular way. If they're divorced the second time, you're almost writing them off. You know, the, you divorce the third time, the fourth time. You don't know what to say to this person. What are you doing with your life? You're messing it all up. And many times people don't want to have anything to do with somebody who's messed up so much three times, four times. Here Jesus is saying, okay woman, you know, you divorced five times and the woman you're living, man you're living with now is not even your husband. And the Lord says, you're the one I'm looking for. Are you interested in serving me? Are you interested in becoming part? You see, God was extending his call of ministry into a woman we wouldn't in whose life we wouldn't touch with a six foot pole because our god is a god of restoration hallelujah our God is a God of restoration. I don't know what you're going through. If you are living a life of sin, I want to speak over you today. And I want you to say, I want you to know God wants to restore you. It really doesn't matter how terrible you and I have lived. God is a God of restoration. Yes, He's a God of wrath. Yes, He's a God of judgment. But that's because of His heart of love. That's because of His heart of restoration. That is why he's calling out again and again. He's calling out to Israel. He's calling out to God's people. He's calling out to backsliders and saying, will you come back? Before you ever think of God as a God who is looking to judge, I want you to know that our God is a God who wants to restore. I have been through brokenness in my life. I've been through failures in my life. And I'm sure every one of you has. There are moments I've wanted to give up and I said, God, I don't know how you can use or love someone like me. But I've experienced the restoration of God. And if God has done it for us, how much more? God wants to do it for those people who do not know the love of God. I want to tell you firstly, God is looking to restore the ones that are not saved. He wants to restore the unbeliever back to salvation, into the kingdom. But if you're also somebody who has been backslidden, you've known the Lord, you've walked with God, and over the last two years, the season of, you know, that the, the, the land has gone through has taken people away from the word of God. Taken people. In fact, I, I heard someone say like this, uh, Pastor Hannah read somewhere, she was telling me that only 10% of believers, only 10%, which means among those of you seated here, only one-tenth percent of believers would naturally be, would disciple themselves to walk with God. 90% of the church statistics show that they need people to cajole them to walk with God. Are you okay? Get up. God loves you. It's okay. Don't worry. 90% of believers need, need pastoral care to even help them walk with God. It's only 10% that pick up their Bibles and read it and say, God, wow, hallelujah, that's exciting. That's 10%. And I want you to know if you are in that 90% that has backslidden. If you are in the 90% people, I have a word for you today. God wants to restore you back. He wants to restore you to a place of revival. He wants you to carry that heart of revival like Peter. You see, Peter walked with God, saw miracles, saw the food multiply, did all of that. And then when he saw Jesus on the cross, he has left everything and he went back fishing. Jesus goes right after him and says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? He says, Lord, you know I love you. Then Peter why don't you come and serve me, Peter? 
God wants to restore you to a back place, from your place of backsliding into a place of ministering unto God. Even to the unsaved Samaritan woman, the Lord asked, will you serve me? Will you get me some water to drink? And to a backslidden apostle, the Lord came with the same message. Will you serve me? Will you come right back? And I believe God is calling people this morning. Because I believe 2022 is going to be a fantastic year. If those who will seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things shall be restored back unto you. It will be added unto you. It will be brought into your life. In the midst of your brokenness, sin, failure, God is calling on your heart. God is reaching out with mercy today. And God wants to take away your pain. He wants to take away your brokenness. He wants to take of your take away everything that the enemy has been trying to steal from you. God wants to bring it back into your life. And He wants to take away all that the enemy has put inside. Restoration, the Bible says, is what God's nature is. God is a restoring God. In fact, when you look in the, there are different areas of your life God wants to restore. He wants to restore you from your sin and from your backsliding. But God also wants to restore you from the losses you've gone through in life. There are many people that have gone through losses in life. You may have, you know, lost finances. You may have lost relationships. You may have broken relationships. People have walked away from your life. You have suffered loss. For me, some of the greatest losses I consider in my life are people that have walked away from my life. I have never reconciled with the fact that people have, can have broken relationships. That is just not the heart of God. It's not the heart of God because God, while we were enemies to the cross, He made the first move. While we were enemies to the cross, Christ Jesus demonstrated His love to show how He loves us by dying on the cross. Only the one who is filled with love knows how to make the first move of love. Hallelujah. There are losses, financial losses some of you all may have gone through over the last two years. All kinds of challenges. Some have lost their jobs. Some have gone through problems. Some have lost loved ones. Some have lost relationships. Some have lost all of that. But I want you to know God... It's the God who wants to restore things in our life. If you know the, the story of Ruth in the Bible, you see it's the story of Naomi and, uh, and uh, you know, Elimelech. They, get, they go into this land of Moab. Bethlehem was a house of bread. It was a good place, but they decided they want to go to Moab. And in Moab, they were doing quite well until bad times hit. Naomi lost her husband and she lost her two sons. Three men in her life. God in one go. And they had, these two men had married two Moabites women, Orpha and Ruth. And then they, they lose their husbands. It was tragedy after tragedy after tragedy in their life. And loss after loss after loss. In that kind of a circumstance. When Ruth, who was a Moabitess, could have walked away from everything, she had an opportunity. Naomi was saying, I'm going back to Bethlehem. Oh, for Ruth, why don't you go back to your household and there, maybe, you know, you will have better times there. Naomi was in a pity party. 
Naomi was in the pain of her loss that she was now advising Ruth and Orpha, go away. But Ruth, she tells Naomi, I have made a covenant with God. Your God shall be my God. Your people shall be my people. And even if Orphas are backsliding and it looks like she's going to a better future, I am going to stick with the covenant because I know the word of God declares, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. When you see your orphans walking away, when they look like they're going into a better tomorrow, I want you to know there is no tomorrow where God is not present in. Hallelujah. There is no, we don't want a tomorrow that God is not win. We want a tomorrow where God is in the center of our tomorrows. Hallelujah. When we walk into a tomorrow and if there is loss and if God is in the center of that, I want to be in that tomorrow. Hallelujah. Because God is a God of resurrection. He is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. How much more? Far more above all that we can what? Ask or I want to be in that tomorrow more than what we can ask or imagine. Hallelujah. Where God is doing the imagining for us. Hallelujah. He is doing the dreaming for us. God is a God is there who wants to restore in the midst of your losses. Ruth had gone through a lot of loss, but she came with Naomi. She comes back to Bethlehem, the house of bread. When she comes there, Naomi is weeping and telling the people. Look what Naomi says. Naomi is saying, I went away empty from here, full from here, but God has brought me back empty. Look at the language of a woman who is in pain. Many times when we are in pain, we speak rubbish. When we go through loss, we speak all kinds of things because from the pain inside, we speak against God. Naomi is saying, I went from here full, but I have come back empty. And Ruth comes there. Listening to mother-in-law say all of this one day, Ruth says, uh, if you don't mind, can I go out and work? Because we're sitting in this house, you know, we need food to eat. Can I, is it okay to go out and work? Ruth Naomi says, okay, that's a good idea if you want to work. But there is somebody, there is somebody here who is a kinsman of, you know, of my husband. And I want you to go there and work. She sends Ruth into that place, gives her the advice. Ruth goes there. And in that place, she works hard. Sometimes when God prepares a restoration into your life, beyond what you can ask or what you can imagine. Now, did God give Ruth's husband back? My answer is no. Every time God brings restoration into our life, it's not always by answering what we asked for. Listen to me carefully. There are things God will restore, some in this life and some in the world to come. Amen. Everything is not restored every way we ask. But even though he does not restore what we ask, God always has something better. Hallelujah. Everybody says something better. You see, Ruth's husband had passed away, but God had planned something better. Hallelujah. She was going through. She had to let go of Moab, but God had planned something better. Ruth gets married. She has a baby. She names that baby Obeyed, and Obeyed becomes the father of Jesse, and Jesse becomes the father of David. Little did Ruth know that God was going to make her a royal lineage. Kings were going to come from a womb. Something better. Hallelujah. 
The best Ruth could have imagined in that loss was to be a good wife of somebody in Moab. God had planned something better. That her name was going to be written down in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Everybody say after me, something better. When God wants to restore, He may shut one door. I heard many years ago someone say like this, when God shuts the door, He opens another window. And I've known that to be true with God. Don't look at your closed doors and say, why has God shut my door? God's going to throw open the floodgates of heaven. Hallelujah for you and me. For because God always has something better. Amen. Amen. I want you to look at someone next to you and say, God's got something better. Come on. Confess it. Proclaim it. Proclaim it. Proclaim it. God has got something better. Amen. It's always beyond what we can ask or imagine. That is the God who restores. When Adam and Eve fell, God brought something better. Hallelujah. Now you might ask, but that's something better. What did he do something better? He asked them to get out of the garden. Listen to me carefully. It was something better. For a time, he put them out. And on the way out, he was prophesying. Boy, listen Adam and Eve. You have to leave the garden. Because if they stayed in the garden, they would eat of the tree of life. They would never die. If they would never die, Jesus couldn't come and die on the cross. Asking them to leave the garden was something better. Hallelujah. Under the circumstance, it was something better. So that Jesus could one day come. And when Jesus dies on the cross, something better, not just for Adam and Eve, for all their generations, God was doing something better. He's a God who restores. Hallelujah. Shout it again if you can. There's something better. In your life, God is preparing something better. Even though it tarry a while, it will surely come to pass. Write it down, proclaim it, prophesy it, speak it, pick it up in the spirit. Because this is a year of revival and restoration. For some people, a job with better, more money is something better. But listen to me carefully. For some others, a job with lesser money is something better. Uh Aha. Now you don't get me. Because what God has for our life is always something better. I'd rather have a job with lesser money where I can still have a relationship with God than have a job with a lot of money and I have no time to worship Him. Hallelujah, are you listening to me? Don't look at the world and think that what they have is always something better. Don't look at, you know, the most beautiful women in the world and think, oh, if I can get a marriage alliance, that will be something better. The Bible says better it is having quiet and having a bread in a corner than living with a nagging woman or a husband that does not care for you. The Bible says these are terrible things. God walking with him, listening to him, he will restore you to something better. Hallelujah. He's a God who wants to restore. And he did that in Ruth's life. It's not always, restoration is not always answering what we ask for. But restoration is always preparing something better. Amen. God not only will restore you from your loss. God also wants to restore you when you've been mistreated. When you have been insulted and violated by people. God wants to restore you that which the devil had intended for evil. God wants to turn it around for good in your life. Many things in our life have been painful, have been led us through brokenness. Many times people have gone through depression, they've been violated, they've been hurt. And we can ask, we've asked God, God, what good can come out of this? Why did I go through that, Lord? What good can come out of this? And the people of God that have been mightily used by God 
after life of brokenness, they all seem to have the same story. Because of what I went through, I, can, I, I feel with the broken lives of people all around me, I want to do something about that. God's always planning something better. Joseph was a lovely man of God. His only mistake was that he was loyal, he was faithful, he, was, he loved God, he loved the, his father and mother, he loved his brothers. And his return, the punishment he got for loving God, for loving his father and mother, and being faithful to his brothers, was that he was sold into slavery. In fact, Joseph was trafficked. If you look, uh, you know, about trafficking, you think mostly it's women that are being trafficked. Joseph was trafficked, and he was almost violated by Potiphar's wife. That was trafficked, he became a slave. He was sold for money. You know, he had no voice, he was nothing. And in his heart, he could have thought, why am I going through all this? Why is my father and mother not coming looking for me? Why? You know, many times when people are hurt and offended, they go through all the why. Why did they do that for me? Why are they not doing that for me? Why are they not? And I want you to know that is a terrible place of misery. Where God is saying, if you've been mistreated, if you've been violated, if you've gone through all of that, You see, Joseph, God told Joseph, I just want you to be faithful where you are. 13 years. He said, faithful in prison. And at the end of 13 years, he just kept walking with God. He just just kept walking with God and one day God lifts him up. God lifts him up and makes him the prime minister of the land. And you can imagine, you know, when you read between the lines in the scripture, there are a lot of details. God makes him the prime minister and makes Potiphar his bodyguard. Now you can just imagine... Some time ago, he was Potiphar's slave. Now, he was bought by Potiphar, brought to Potiphar's house. And now when he was imprisoned for trying to violate Potiphar's wife, uh, allegedly, he was imprisoned, the Bible says, in a jail which was in the house of the chief bodyguard. Who was the chief bodyguard? It was Potiphar. So he was imprisoned in Potiphar's house jail. There was a jail there. And so, coming as a slave, he goes to prison. 13 years a prisoner, he's like the lowest of the low, lowest of the low. In his heart he's dreaming, is there a turnaround in my life? Is there, is there anything lower that I can go? And God, after, thir- after 11 years, sends a cupbearer and a baker. Because in the fullness of time, God always has something better. Hallelujah. What is the something better? It was the prophecy God had spoken over him 13 years ago that his father and his mother and his brothers and all of them are going to bow down before him. It was never going to happen unless God had allowed him to go through what he went through. Over there, he comes out of prison. He's made the prime minister of the land. God gives him supernatural wisdom. And then Pharaoh says, I want to give him a bodyguard. And Pharaoh says, I want, where's my chief of bodyguard? And he says, Where's that? What's that guy's name? Pharaoh, uh, Potiphar. Potiphar, come here. I want from today onwards, you're going to be Joseph's bodyguard. Wow. The Bible says that God literally placed Potiphar as his bodyguard. The very places you are insulted, God's going to take you back there and he will lift you up in those same places. God is saying, I want to restore your honor back. I want to restore your honor back to you. The places people insult you, I want to bring back that honor. The places people are lying about you, I'm going to take you back. I've seen it in my life. Everywhere I've been insulted, humiliated and put down. If you'll just humble down and sharpen that gift that God has put inside of us. Hallelujah. When you go through hell, don't stay there. Just sharpen your gift and keep walking under the anointing of God. God will one day use that gift upon you. 
your life. He will lift you up and he will make you the head and not the tail, the first and not the because he's a God of restoration. Hallelujah. Everybody shout restoration. Tell somebody there's something better coming. That is God. God does not know how to do anything less. That's just God. There's always something better. There's always something better. He's not only going to restore you, those that have been violated and those that have been misunderstood. I believe God is going to get, restore you out of slavery. He's going to bring you out of slavery. Those of you that are struggling, the story of Exodus was a, was a story of slavery. They had gone there, had been honored and all of that. They ended up in slavery. I don't know what kind of addictions or problems or challenges any of you are going through. Some of you are in slavery, maybe not to drugs. Some are in slavery, drugs, alcohol, pornography. I don't know what it is, but God wants to bring you out of that. God wants to bring. So some of you don't have that kind of slavery, but you have a far more paralyzing slavery. You might ask, what is that? Many of you are in, in slavery to fear. Your fear of tomorrow, what will happen? The fear of your family, fear of your life, fear of your finances. And I want you to know God wants to restore in you, not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, of power, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. I'd rather have a sound mind than a lot of wealth. Hallelujah. I'd rather go to sleep in peace and joyfully rejoicing in the presence of God filled with the Holy Spirit than having no peace at all. Everybody say, something better. God wants to give you a sound mind. He wants to give you, he, he wants to restore you. He wants to put everything back. And Jesus is the only source of bringing this back into your life. He not only wants to restore you from a place of slavery, He wants to break the power of the demonic oppression over your life. God wants to set you free from demonic oppression. He doesn't, that the, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, what does it say? For greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. You don't have to fear the devil. He is not as big as our God is. Hallelujah. Our God is bigger. You know, when I was growing up in the dark, in the backyard, some noise you hear, and you know, everyone's all afraid. You know, what, how, how, what's that noise? And, and for crying out loud, it'll be some cat, or it'll be some, some mouse, or something like that. Well, sometimes it's a cockroach. Ah! You know, you're just afraid of everything. And I want you to know, God wants to set you free. There is the, no demon of hell can stand in front of an anointed man and woman of God. Hallelujah. This is why Jesus stood up and said, For the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. And He has anointed me. For what? To set the captives free. Yet most of the church is living as captive. God doesn't want you to live there. God wants you to live. Many are captive to what your mother said about you when you were young. Many are captive to demonic lies in your head that you're not good enough, you're not useful enough, that nobody loves you. That's a lie of the devil that's holding you captive. God wants to set you free, hallelujah, from every kind of demonic oppression. God not only wants to restore you free, set you free from demonic oppression and fear. I want you to know God wants to set you free from sickness. God wants to restore health back to you. Listen to me carefully. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24 says, And he himself brought us sin in his body up to the cross, so that we might not die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you are healed. 
By his wounds you are healed. Now you might wonder, wait a minute. That's talking about righteousness. Listen to me carefully. The salvation package, the word salvation comes from a Greek word called sozo. Can you say that after me? Sozo. The Greek word sozo in Romans in chapter 10 verse 17 says, If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you shall be sozo. That's the word sozo. But it's the same word that Jesus walked up to that paralyzed man near Bethesda and said, Do you want to be sozo? Why was Jesus asking a paralyzed man sozo? Because that word sozo is like a coin that has two sides. One side is saved and the other side is healed. Are you listening to me? The word sozo actually means to be made whole. To be made whole. Now you might ask, well pastor, aren't there many people that are not healed? Sure there are. Sure there are many people that were not healed. But that does not change the fact that God still heals people. Are you listening to me? Now, what is it like? Listen, healing is like becoming made righteous. Are you listening to me? Healing, supernatural healing is God's supernatural intention, intervention in a situation and God's supernaturally healing something. But health, what is health? Health is like walking in that righteousness now that you're made righteous. You're walking in it. God wants you to walk in healing and God wants you to walk in health. God wants to, you to walk in healing the times when God will send his word and supernaturally bring a healing upon your life. But God also wants you and me to walk in health. What is that? When we are taking care of our lives because we have work to do. By his stripes we are healed. Look at it. Jeremiah 30 verse 17 says like this. Jeremiah 30 and verse 17. For I will restore health to you. And your wounds I will heal declares the Lord. Because they have called you an outcast, it is Zion for whom no one cares. If you are feeling today that nobody cares for you, I want you to know God is still a healing God. I believe God is still a God that can restore health back into your body. God, by His stripes, we are healed. Jeremiah 17 and verse 14 says like this, Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are my praise. Hallelujah. Even today, God is still healing. Now, did God heal everybody in the word of God? No, God did not heal everybody in the word of God. But yet, God still healed people. Hallelujah. Now, we don't know why everyone are not healed. But we do know that he is still Jehovah Rapha. Our healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants to restore us. From a place of sickness. God not only wants to restore from a place of sickness. God also wants to restore you from a place of suffering and pain. God wants to restore you. The, when you look at Job's life was full of pain. Was full of challenges. Sickness after sickness. Rejection after rejection. Problem after problem. Loss after loss. Death of his children. Loss of his finances. He lost his sheep and his camels and his servants and all. And someone said all he was left with was a nagging wife. I mean, that was all he was left with. And, and sometimes we feel like that. Everything good has been taken away from us. Sometimes, you know, you wonder, Lord, why did you do this to Job? And Job, because he knew God, Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. There's something about people that know their God. That seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. 
God is a God of restoration. When God wants to restore you, when 1 Peter 5.10 says like this, and after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore you, conform you, strengthen and establish you. Our God is a God of restoration. Say it loud after me, something better is coming. Say it again, something better is coming. Whenever God, we allow God to restore, He always brings something better. This is why the psalmist in Psalm 23 said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, which means my emotions, my pain that I've gone through. You've been through pain in your emotions. You've been through rejection. God's going to restore that. You've been through rejection. You've been through people lying about you, hurting you. You've been through suffering. God wants to restore you to a place of healing. You've been through broken marriage. You've been through backsliding or people walking away from your life and saying you'll not amount to anything. God wants to restore you. Hallelujah. I believe this year God is going to pour out a mighty restoration upon your life. He wants to restore your broken emotions. I don't know who's listening to me online or wherever we are today. I don't know what you've been through. But I want you to know God wants to restore the joy of salvation. He wants to restore your emotions. If you're backslidden, He wants to restore the joy of walking with Him. He wants to restore a passionate... Do you remember the days when you got saved and you would wake up in the morning excited? You'd go to bed excited. You'd be so excited. Something happened on the inside. God wants to restore that. He's a God of restoration. He wants to restore. If you have walked with the Holy Spirit and if you are used to hearing the voice of God, you heard the voice of God asking you, go there, speak with them, pray for them, reach out to them, bless somebody. And now a season in your life, you're not even hearing the voice of God. I want you to know God wants to restore that walk with God one more time. He wants to restore the joyful salvation of God back into your life in a mighty way. He wants to restore this. Hallelujah. But when God restores, God is not a God who just restores somehow a little. I believe God is a God of double portion. Hallelujah. Amen. Look what the Bible says when He restores. Isaiah 61 and verse 7 says, Instead of your shame, there will be double portion. Hallelujah. Everybody say double portion. Say double portion. Double portion restoration. Amen. Instead of your shame, there will be double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their Lord. Hallelujah. Therefore, in their land, they will possess a double portion. God wants to do that for you. And they shall have everlasting joy. Job chapter 42 and verse 10. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job. When he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much. As he had before. Hallelujah. Everybody said double portion. Say double portion. Everybody like the Africans. I like the way they say double double. God's going to give us double double. Amen. Say it. Say that. God's going to give me double double. Double portion restoration. Hallelujah. Something better. Amen. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 12. Return to your stronghold. Oh, prisoners of hope, today I declare that I will restore to you double, says the Lord. Hallelujah. When He restores back, God is a God who wants to restore back with a double portion anointing upon our life. Hallelujah. 
Every eye closed in the presence of God. God is not only a God of revival, but God is also a God of restoration. And I don't know what you have gone through loss or pain. You've gone through humiliation, mistreatment. You've been gone through insults. God wants to restore you. Go, just believe God and say, God, this is my year. I want to walk in this restoration. I want to seek first the kingdom of God. If you will return, God will restore. Return to me, says the Lord. God wants to pour out into your life. God wants to restore. If your emotions are wounded, God is saying, if you will come to me, I will pour my love into your heart. I will restore. Oh, he restores my soul. Hallelujah. Maybe some of you are going through sickness and God wants to bring healing. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Send your word, Lord. Send your word and heal your people, Father. Let people walk in healing this year. Let them walk in health, O God. Let them walk in restoration. Let them walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Let them walk in the joy of God. Let them walk in the love of God. Let them be restored, uh, Lord, from a place of backsliding and sin and slavery and demonic oppression, Lord. Lord, let them be restored from loss. Because you always have something better. Father, we thank you for this year. I thank you for everyone listening and praying with me today. Say, Father, we submit our lives. And we will seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. And all these things shall be added right back into our life. Not only will you add, O God, you will, Lord, multiply from here. You will be a God who will multiply in our lives. We give you praise. But more than anything, multiply your glorious presence. We want to walk in that intimacy, in that presence. If your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to leave this place, Lord. Let this year as a church, we submit our lives to walk in your presence. We give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said aloud, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.